Hi, I'm Chris Sabat, and you're listening to Byte. How's it going, everybody? That's right. If you can hear my voice, that means that it's another wonderful episode of the Anime A-Team podcast. I am your host, the Witch of the Wavelengths, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today is the wonderful and lovely... Courtney Tuckman. And a new guest here on the A-Team, another first for us, we have the wonderful... Emily Rubin. Welcome on, Emily. Uh, we, we, we want to extend our thanks to you, especially for coming in this dire time in your life. Everyone's sick at Ball State, guys, so that's that's what we're talking about. Some live-action <laughs> drama, segue. We're talking about live-action anime today. That was a pretty bad segue, but okay. <laughs> I, I tried, okay? <laughs> I tried my best, but I don't succeed. Coldplay, don't copyright us. So <laughs> I, I bring this up because... Uh, Death Note has had so many live-action makes. Like, there was the original movie, there was L Change of the World, uh, there's a 2016 movie going to come out, and now there's going to be an American-made film. There's also the live-action TV series. There was a TV series? Yep, 2015. And the musical. And the musical. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, first of all... So I watched Death Note in the throes of my weeaboo middle school. It was, like, super edgy to be into Death Note and, like, (laughs) listen to the theme songs because it was, like, that really hardcore J-rock and, uh, like, have all the keychains and stuff because it was, like, pseudo-gothic and, like, everyone wanted to be Misa because, like, gothic Lolita stuff was in style at that point. At least at my high school it was, for those who could, like, afford it. Because, man, petticoats are expensive. Mm. Not that I've ever had enough money to buy one, (laughs) recreationally. So, uh, it just strikes me as really weird that uh, it's kind of coming back, like, now. Because it was 2006 through, I think it was... Uh, before 2010 that it ended. It was like 2006 through 2009 that the original manga ran and then the anime happened. And the anime was great. I like the anime. Did you guys like the anime? Yep. I like the anime. It's in my top five. So. That was the top five. Like, where, where would you rank it in top uh, five? Well, Let's get specific. All right. Well, nostalgia-wise, I probably would put it at one or two because it has... I rewatch it at least once a year. <laughs> and it still holds up for me personally, so probably one or two. I feel it. I feel it. it. I mean, it was a fantastic series with the anime and the manga. The manga, I feel like, was, again, one of those things that stands up better than the anime. Oh, definitely. But that happens a lot of the time. Um, and then even there was, like, light novels released, and, like, it was the one thing I would, like, get from uh, my town's library and feel, like, super cool and, like, I need uh, Spice Gumi Oba. <laughs> this book that I'm looking for, you probably haven't heard of him, that kind of thing. But uh, I personally have not watched any of the live action films. But Emily, I hear that you have watched them. Uh, yes, they're pretty bad. Um, the first one, I think it was 2006, 
maybe that sounds way too early but it ends with like the promise of a sequel and it like it just steers so far away from what actually happens like it ends are we allowed to talk about spoilers i assume like this this is not a spoiler free podcast just putting that out there right now sound the alarms woo 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 not a spoiler free podcast (laughs) okay proceed (laughs) awesome in the anime and manga you know when one of the first deaths he white does is Ray Pember on the train Mm -hmm. and then Naomi Misura in the movie it's that's where it ends and he actually Naomi plays a bigger role because she kidnaps Light's girlfriend I can't remember her name because she's dang Naomi (laughs) it's not Misa though no it's some starts with an s uh she 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 dies. She so, di- okay. So, the first girl yeah, that he dated. It's supposed to be her. Sayu or something. That's a sister. <gasps> oh, so <whoops. laughs> close enough. Oh, whoops. It's anime. Movie. Anything goes. <laughs> that's how. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's how forgettable she is. Cause Light kills Naomi and that girl with the death note, and Ryuk's like, whoa, and then it ends. At well, then he's like, L, let me work with you. Okay, so it ends. So it's a very strange place to leave off. Yeah. And I think you see Misa for like a minute when she gets the death note. So it's strange. Uh, It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But if someone hadn't seen Death Note, I would never recommend the movies as an introduction to the series. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I totally understand that. So this uh, Japanese sequel series that's coming out in 2016... Uh, like, Anime News Network has been referring to it as the Forbidden sequel for some reason. Uh, do you think it's, like, the direct sequel to that first movie and it's, like, not supposed to happen for some reason, or...? I mean, from what I gather, from everything I've read, uh, it is just a remake of the first movie, so it's supposed to cover everything from that point. They haven't said if it'll go further, so I'm so not really sure. Forbidden because the first one was just that awful. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they don't want any more. No more. But, um, so, kind of, uh, getting into it, why, why, why so many? Why have so many been made? Just because they can't perfect it, or? I think Death Note is very marketable. Mm -hmm. I think people that don't even like anime or manga like Death Note. My mom watched Death Note with me and liked it, so, I mean... It definitely, it appeals to people, and I think Light and L specifically resonate with people, uh, the whole morality issue and everything. It's just a detective story, so it's nothing yeah. crazy anime that isn't something that everyone can latch on to. And if you think about it, um, because there hasn't been a very good live action, it's just so open to interpretation for someone to make it better. Okay, I like that. I like that, especially because the story... Like, even though it takes place in Japan, I feel like it can be very easily westernized because mm. uh, it's not, you know, like, wrapped up in Japanese culture at all. It's just, like, here is this entire other mythos that we created with Shinigami and uh, the Death Note itself, um, which is why I think it's fantastic that we're getting a Western make because those are very different, which I will get into later when we talk about Dragon Ball <laughs> Evolution. Oh, no. Very, very <laughs> different. Uh, from uh, Japanese live-action versions of anime. Um, So the uh, Death Note uh, live-action film is going to be made by Netflix. So first of all, like, checkmark in it's probably going to be good because so far Netflix hasn't failed me except in all the Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, has anyone watched The Cobbler? No one's no, watched anything. No one has. There's like the magnificent like eight or whatever he did. I don't know. Adam Sandler. I'm going to make that noise at you. Um, so the casting is fantastic, too. So we have, although then it raises the question of where is this really meant to be set? Because uh, L or not L, Light is going to be Light Turner, who's going to be played by Nat Wolf. Okay. Like Fault in Our Stars. Right, yeah. Uh, Paper Towns. And then L is going to be played by Keith Stanfield, who was in uh, the only movie I recognize here is Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. And he is a black man. So obviously we're moving out of Japan a little bit because of the two main people. Um, and then uh, I'm guessing this is meant to be the westernized version of Misa. It's Mia Sutton. It's oh. going to be, I don't, I don't recognize this actress, Margaret Qualley. She's very pretty. Oh, um, she looks familiar. I don't know what she's been in, though. She looks familiar, though. <laughs> she looks like uh, like Discount Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, she does. Is yeah. she officially Misa now? Because last I heard, they were still trying to, like, find, get the rights. Well, not the that's, rights. That's, yeah, I don't I don't know, because it says Mia Sutton, and it's, it's close enough to oh, the yeah. name that it makes me wonder. But uh, just because she's, like, the third listed in right. casting. Um, and then... Uh, Watari will be played by a Japanese man, Paul uh, Nakauchi, who uh, was in The Clone Wars, I'm guessing as voice acting, because Clone Wars is animated. Um, And then uh, James Turner, who I'm guessing is going to be Light's father Mm -hmm. in this one, is Shea Wiggum, Boardwalk Empire. Anyone watch that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And so the most exciting casting, Ryuk's voice is Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, who could be Ryuk then? It, okay, so, it has to be Willem Dafoe. All right, so it's not going to be done with, like, uh, like someone in a... Like a motion capture? Yeah. I wish. I would like to have some behind the scenes of Willem Dafoe in one <laughs> of those spandex suits with the dots on them. Yes. That would be fantastic. Or even if they just, like... Put Willem Dafoe's, like, did, like, uh, motion capture just on his face and put it on Ryuk's face and, like, get rid of, like, the whole clown thing and just make it Willem Dafoe. <laughs> that would be amazing. Because he could be a Shinigami in himself. That's awesome. I am down for that. But, I mean, obviously Willem Dafoe is a huge named actor. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really neat that, I mean, obviously Netflix productions aren't like, small-time productions by any means. Uh, we've obviously seen that this year with, like, Stranger Things. But it, it's just really cool to see, like, something that was, like, very underground and weeby for me when I got into it, becoming, like, this big, huge, massive production that people are going to watch regardless of whether or not they've heard of Death Note. Well, that's really interesting because everyone at my middle school and high school at least knew what Death Note was. And... For me, my issues with this film, I've been following it crazy closely because I love Death Note. Um, The director said that he's excited because he wants to make it more adult with nudity and a lot of violence. And if you go back to the source material, that's not exactly what Death Note is. The violence is there. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not just like 
random shooting, sporadic action, fight scenes. It's there as a demonstration of White's mentality kind yeah. of thing. So I'm a little worried, and the casting isn't exactly what I would have expected. <laughs> I'm not really disappointed with anyone. I'm just interested. So Interested I, because it's a lot of white people, or interested because... <laughs> well, I, I don't know what to say about it, because when you ask Japanese people about like Ghost in the Shell, about whitewashing, a lot of them don't care. But we care here. A lot of the anime fan is like, this is whitewashing. So I'm not sure from a Japanese perspective what they think. I don't particularly like it because a lot of White's character is the Japanese mindset. Uh, hardworking, you know. He's an elite. He's an elite. And I'm yes, not cram sh- school. Yes, cram school. school. <laughs> I got to go to cram school. I'm sitting at my desk for 16 hours studying, which is a totally, right. absolutely normal and acceptable thing to do. And no one's going to think I'm a psychopath no because I do that. No yeah. life, nothing. I guess that could translate to like a Harvard student or something really easily. But even Elle's casting is strange because he's very heavily hinted to be British. Actually, it's pretty much confirmed that he has a lot of British like in him. And obviously, black man can be British, but he looks like a ghost <laughs> in the anime. Yeah. His eyes are so dark because he doesn't go out. He has a very specific design to him. Yeah, and it's just strange to see the direction they're taking it. Not a bad thing. I'm just I'm wondering how that's going to affect his personality and like his how he holds himself. Yeah, because like as Elle as a character as like this armchair detective, he's super out there. He's very uh I mean, he's, the way he sits and the way we all <laughs> sat to try to think better. Um, it's like, <laughs> so what nice. did he say? It was like, this uh, sitting position helps me think 17% better. Yeah. yeah something and like, like thinking back on like when I was like, oh my gosh, Elle's so cool. Now I'm just like, <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> he was like oh, so pretentious and he's like, the likelihood of you being Kira has increased by whatever percent. And it's like, you're making stuff up. <laughs> I don't know. He's the one that figured it out. Yeah. I mean, I also had the biggest crush on him, so I can't Oh, my talk. gosh. <laughs> Didn't we all? I was yeah. I was uh, uh, Mello and his uh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Matt. Matt. He has, who, like, one yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, he has one line, and then he dies. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because you brought up, like, the violence aspect. I think the most violent things to ever happen in Death Note was, like, really near the end with uh oh gosh what's his name the uh kira proxy uh he had his own oh matsuda um, no I'm, oh gosh wow matsuda well wow, no, worse not matsuda. <laughs> mikami wow oh, i'm yeah, such a good guy. fan yeah when he stabs himself with the pen yeah that was, uh, that was in intense. the heart that was, that was graphic that was really intense that was very graphic but uh i mean that wasn't like a consistent thing it would be um moments where like with mellow a lot of the times or uh not near but uh matt again like matt's death and mellow going and attacking people and gun violence was a thing which Mm -hmm. is interesting because not a lot of anime uh explores that because japan has such different gun laws but if this is set in america Oh my goodness you're right (laughs) everyone will be packing america yeah i feel like the director's like well I have to bring it to a Western audience, so violence and nudity! I'm very scared about the pacing of this film. Uh, I'm scared about the violence aspect of it. Um, I just don't know how it's going to go. It was going to be, what, Fox? Not Fox, uh, 20th Century Fox. Oh. Had the note. note. Wow. (laughs) Had the rights to Death Note. Had the Death Note. Yep, they had the Death Note. (laughs) 
and now Netflix does. So I feel like they're they're going to try and make it too edgy for you. Too edgy. Uh, I mean, I can definitely see that happening. It's just a, going to be interesting. Uh, like I've never really thought of how a Death Note would be um, seen in Western society. Like, how would we treat that? Like, except for the ones that we bought and kept in our rooms. Oh my god! One, yep. There was like, do you guys remember when there was like that rash of news reports? It would be like kids getting in trouble for having death notes and writing down their classmates' uh, yeah. names in it. People got suspended over that. I know in South Carolina, there was a kid that wrote some classmates' name in the note, and then he got, I think, expelled actually because it's attempted murder. Ooh, okay. 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 Like, I understand the logic, kind of like you would. You wish this person dead, but like it's fake. Yeah. So like Like, all those vines of people writing like Justin Bieber heart, and then they close the book and you see it's like a death note. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know how it will wind up. I think that no matter what, it'll be a good movie, whether or not it's a good interpretation of Death Note as we know and love it is to be seen and that's kind of the thing too is like how much are they going to feel like they need to uh aim at uh established fans versus trying to make new ones because maybe netflix will make a bunch of sequels also and do l change the world and the other light novel who knows murder cases yeah which hasn't been done yet that's true it could happen but uh, place in America. So now that we've talked about like the actual thing happening and the, it will be there and whether or not it will be good is to be seen. What we know exists and what we have watched. Typically, when we turn anime into live action things, I don't. I don't think it turns out very well. No. No, not at all. Never. Do do we not feel this way? Why why do why does it not turn out very well, do you think? I think one reason it doesn't turn out well is partly due to the actors. Um I think sometimes they try a little too hard to replicate like anime expressions and like mannerisms that are clearly meant just to be in like 2D animation and they wouldn't make sense anywhere else and when they do it <laughs> live action it looks really stupid yeah definitely yeah i feel like that goes with uh the production also when they uh try to accommodate these shots that we accept entirely when it's an anime cuz we're like okay so this is it's a still image for 5 minutes budgeting anime mm-hmm. animating we're not going to expect a miraculous a bunch of uh really detailed animation unless it's like a ghibli film if it's just the anime that we're if it's higurashi we're not <laughs> going to expect that much and yet they decided to utilize that in the higurashi live action uh films oh. which <laughs> me and courtney divulged into a little bit we watched uh uh most of the main art. I wish arc. I could erase it from my mind. <sighs> See, Higurashi is, if Death Note's number one or two, Higurashi is also number one or two. So when I found out there was the live action, I was slightly excited. Then I saw the p- picture of, Mi- uh, not Misa, well, uh, Rika. And I was like, well, that's not Rika. <sighs> yeah. And I think that's a problem that all live action anime has. Um, 
they don't try to replicate the look of the characters. They try to establish that they are Japanese for cultural reasons mm-hmm. or whatever. They have the, like, green hair tie on Mion. Like, yeah, like, to they're like she had green hair in the anime, so we gave her a green hair tie. And it'd be so easy just to get a wig. Yeah. So I, I have to assume it's cultural. They want to establish a realistic Japanese presence. That's my only idea. That's a really uh, interesting thought because I, I didn't think about that very much that... Uh, because, like, the characters, we know that they're Japanese. They have Japanese names. They live in Japan. They do Japanese things. They speak Japanese. But then when you're watching uh, a live-action film, usually anime characters, as we see them, as, like, someone would just, like, glance them over and perceive them, we're going to assume that they're Western somehow because usually mm-hmm. there's blue eyes involved. There's blonde hair. Yeah. There's yep. weird hair colors, which... Uh, you don't see prolifically in Japan. It's not, like, a big thing to dye your hair. Or, like, some of my favorite lines in Clan Ad where the blonde character always gets mocked of because of his hair, but his best friend has, like, blue hair. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> you have blonde hair. It's unnatural. And I'm like, who has the more unnatural And then here's here? the lavender-haired girl right <laughs> yeah. over here with the blue eyes. Whatever. It's fine. It's, it's also fine. really interesting because Japanese girls especially love blonde hair because it's not natural there for the most part. I mean, it could happen. But usually from all the Japanese classes I've taken, my sensei would be like, yeah, if you have blonde hair, they're going to love you. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But then they don't... Uh, it's not in the culture as much to, like, actually dye your hair. Because, again, you'll mm-hmm. get made fun of or be like, oh, you're trying too hard or whatever. Yeah. And yet, when we have the movies uh, or the live-action remakes of anime, they, like, kind of go with that uh, cultural phenomenon of just, like, not doing anything with your hair. Yeah. And uh, then they try to set o- apart the characters with, like, the subtle things, like the green hair tie or, like, the specific way that girls do their hair in anime, I've been noticing. I saw, like, a diagram of it, like, denotes their personality instantly. Like, twin tails, they're, like, childish. And it's, like, high ponytail, they're probably sporty somehow. Like, showing your forehead, that means they're rich. Like, that kind of thing. And I was like, wow, this is pretty true, yes. actually. It's so accurate. Yeah, right? But, um... I mean, okay, so I was I was talking about the production of the actual uh, shows, like, trying to replicate anime. Okay, Courtney, you know my pain. In Higurashi, the live-action remake, there was a moment in which uh, they were trying to make, like, a dramatic moment. Like, uh, Keiichi had just gotten off the phone with Oishi and uh, was, like... It was kind of like uh, the calls coming from inside the house moment, mm-hmm. and there was all this fog machine in the background, <laughs> and it was, was like, the fog and it was, from? it were yes, but it was like an okay moment, and I could see that happening maybe in a, like an artsy western film. But then in the next scene, the fog was still in the house, even though the like tension had changed entirely. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they just forgot to air the house out, and then they tried to do like special effects, like. When uh, uh, oh, Reina, yeah, like when Reina and Mion start acting weird, their eyes do the cat eye thing. Yeah. To yeah, they they do it for like a brief second, and then it'd go away. And then in it'd the go next away. Second, and it'd be like, you did it. Congratulations. You want to give it a purpose now? Like, yeah. <laughs> but like they they just keep utilizing things that we will accept entirely in the anime, but we 
it, the suspension of disbelief isn't there when it's a live person or like the deliverance of lines was very strange yes. in uh, all the live action remakes that I've seen. Yeah. It will be like that moment of like, oh, I see. And then there's a pause of <laughs> right. like everyone like, yes, you do see. <laughs> uh, and then just uh, general gesticulating. Uh, they definitely try to copy off of the anime, and it just doesn't and KG work. KG was such a bad boy. He was all brooding, and <laughs> he listened to music and on the on train ride over. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, okay. I don't. He he had like zero personality in the anime. He was nice to his friends and was happy, you know, being their like punishment toy or whatever. Yeah. Like, um. And and then it made sense for him when he was, like, freaking out about his friends. And it, it really hurt to, you know, see him, like, be like, oh, my God, my friends have betrayed me. But in the anime, or not not in the anime, the, the, the live action version, he's just like, oh, this is sad because he's killing them. Yeah. Okay. And then when he, like, kills them. And then they took his shirt the... off and they started yeah, there killing was, him. There was some weird things. <laughs> there were some weird moments. They were like, we have to clean you because you're dirty. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did I accidentally go into the wrong movie at some point? It's like, take off your shirt. Take off your shirt. And, like, these two girls start, like, I'm rubbing seeing, him. I'm seeing women taking off a man's shirt and, like, watching him. I'm like, um, are we watching the right movie here? The thing no. Is, like Higurashi especially um it really relies on the animation Mm -hmm, yeah so when they try to put it in live action it just to try and compensate compensate for that they were like well we should work on the girls specifically character wise but even then I I think that's what they were trying to do but I feel like all the emotion and all the character I mean you guys talked about Keiji is just gone from all the girls like and they're the main center of the story yeah, and I don't they're... even know why they bothered having Rika and Satoko because they only covered the first arc, and Rika yeah. and Satoko were barely in the first arc. Yeah, and if you like, the advertising for the movie has like Rika, so when yeah. I was really misled. I was like, oh, are they gonna go into like the second series of like when they reveal that Rika is like a really big deal? And they, it was like, they even got rid of Rika's like the way she talks. Um, yeah, her cuteness. The the end Rika. bit. That- uh, the, yeah, the end bit that she always says, and then but they kept Reina's because she'd be like so uh, kana kana, and all the time. But like, I don't, I don't know. Is it was it just that they assume that you know the characters, so they're not trying to make it a standalone thing? Well, that's interesting because Higurashi is niche, and it was popular, more so in Japan than here. But it never reached, like, the levels of super popularity outside of, like, kind of a horror community. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is a movie for the fans. Uh, and so maybe what they were trying to do is kind of go back to horror convention, Japanese horror convention, by just showing a more realistic type of story. I that's the thing. I think they could achieve that with the Higurashi uh, story, yeah. a very realistic, like small town horror kind of deal. Definitely. Um, but instead, they kind of went the same way the anime went, and was became a little more un uh, like unaccessible yeah. to the general public because you have to deal with like 
these weird uh, fog machine effects and really elongated scenes for no reason that are in slow-mo. And oh, yeah, just yeah. like yeah. watching him walk up the stairs in slow-mo, I'm like... Great. And then they put Why? in like an effects budget into the uh uh chalkboard eraser <laughs> falling onto the sensei's <laughs> shoulder and you could see like edited in bits of like chalk dust in the air or like there was the first moment that Rena freaked out on Keiichi uh she was like you lie and like it appeared in kanji behind her <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> That's really funny because the sister series to Higurashi that no one has ever heard of except for me. Umeneko. Yep, Umeneko. Awesome. Two people. (laughs) It utilizes, like, written word, and it's really important that, like, you have written word. And I don't want to say there's, like, a connection because no one knows what Umeneko is outside of Japan. And even then, it's, like, super, super niche. You're too hipster for us, Emily. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe, maybe they were trying to be, like... I don't know, a connection? I doubt it. But that's the only reason I can think of ever trying to put, like, the kanji in the back, because it makes no sense. I Yeah, I really don't know what they were trying to achieve. I think it was definitely more of something you had to have watched the anime or been familiar with the visual novel before approaching this mm-hmm. movie. It definitely seemed like the kind of thing that they were like, oh, fans will get it. We don't have to put uh, effort into it for the general public to understand but uh, it's interesting now that we've talked about something as niche as uh, Higurashi. So then when we have something as huge as a cultural hit as Death Note or like Sailor Moon, <laughs> and then they try to put that to live action with varying effects. It was so bad. Courtney, please detail <laughs> us in about your experience with a live action Sailor Moon remake. I watched... The entire thing. I watched... No, this is the TV show, by the way. This isn't like the music is it? What is it called? Is it just Sailor Moon? Oh, no. It's... I think it's called... I'm pretty sure it's Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. And the effects are terrible. So, so bad. Like, you can tell that they are using, like, in the close-ups of the transformation scenes, like, their waist when they're putting on, like, the... (laughs) <laughs> you know, the, the skirt or whatever. Yeah. Um, you can tell that it's not a real human body. Like, they put in, they put the, the like, leotard on a model and, like, spun it around. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. then put the 3D effects on top of that. Because you can tell that that's not a human, that's not what a human looks like. That's, that's like, not, that's clearly, is, like, cardboard. It's um, what a pretty guardian looks like. <laughs> um. They, in some ways, they stuck more to the manga than the original series, but in other ways, they completely diverged. Like, um, they brought back the human form of Luna, but she was, like, a little girl with a cell phone who really liked sweets, more immature. This sounds just like Sailor Moon, doesn't it? Yeah. But, um, no, like like a kid, like much younger than Sailor Moon. And I'm not really sure why. I think they just <laughs> tried to replace Chibi Uso, honestly. Yeah. Or like, they didn't want to fund yeah, the Yeah, or like yeah. When, they fir- <laughs> when they first showed her, you know, she was in like the yellow and... I just saw a Sailor Soldier with, in yellow and purple, and I was like, oh, is this... This this wouldn't be Sailor Uranus because you know her colors are like yellow and navy. But I yeah. was like, 
are they bringing in the outer senji? No, no, this is Luna now, I guess. And her transformation was like a bunch of pastries everywhere. It was so bad. And, ooh, it was just so cringeworthy on so many levels. The acting, the, uh, just... I can't like the romance between oh, no. Usagi oh, and Momo, no. and and like it just felt so long, and and like they didn't have enough of a budget to animate Luna and Artemis, so they were stuffed animals. <laughs> oh, that's what I was wondering. Like, why yeah, did they make Luna? No. And it's not like it's not like they're not telling you to like suspend your disbelief and being like, no, these are real cats here. No, they are stuffed animals. She Sailor Moon goes over, finds the stuffed animal, and she's like, oh look, it's a stuffed toy. But like <laughs> the expressions on the animals still change from no, scene to scene. No, they just like they'll cut to a different sailor soldier and then they'll cut right back to the cats and then they'll have like a sweat drop and then they'll cut back to someone else and then they'll be crying and then it's like no (laughs) no and i don't under i don't understand why they're stuffed animals i don't get it I don't get it. And then there's this whole sub. There's this whole. There's this whole subplot where like Sailor Venus has like a terminal illness, and oh, she actually what? ends up dying. Oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, like all the Sailor Soldiers die in the series like a lot, but yeah. then they get like revived a lot, and it's really stupid. No, but like Sailor Venus has like an actual illness that she dies from. Why? I don't Is know. Actor, like what? No, it's like. It was something like I think they gave her the illness that's something to do with her not wanting to to give her reason to not join the scouts so she'd like distance herself cuz she was sick and she was going to die soon but oh. A she didn't look sick and B why why was she sick she was never sick in the anime So do you what do you feel like they were trying to do in departing from the anime so much do you think they were trying to establish themselves as like a reputable different take on Sailor Moon? I don't know. I don't know who that was made for. I think, because again, back to the Japanese cultural stuff, um, the thing that they did right, the one thing I can be like, wow, good job. Sailor Moon transforms and she looks completely different. Right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Okay. That is very true. So, with that in mind, what does Sailor Moon Usagi look like? A normal Japanese girl who the audience is for. That is true. So, just like Stephanie Meyer in Twilight, you can easily insert yourself, if you're Japanese, into the character of Usagi. Okay. That is I very like true. That. That's very I, smart. I totally... I did... Now that I think about it, I do remember thinking, like, oh, they actually looked... That's always been a problem of mine with magical girl anime, same, is that... Same. It's like... How do you not recognize yeah. her? The only thing that's different is she has less clothes on. <laughs> that's so true. Someone takes off a jacket. Where did you go? There's some <laughs> weird guy here now. I, I'll never I'll never forget that scene in like the original series where like her little brother sees her and she like runs behind a car yes. and she's like, "Oh no, he can't see me." But it's like but then like when you you don't look any different and and then he, she meets people all the time who are like yep. oh yep. who are you and it's yep. just like, like she can at least put her hair down like yeah. something <laughs> yeah <laughs> something yeah so you you are right regarding that and i and i think they did a pretty good job at making the actresses look like 
their anime counterparts. The only part, I think Sailor Mercury still had long hair, but she yeah. wore glasses. So like, yeah. I was like, oh, she wears what, glasses at Sailor what Mercury. What year did this come out? How I think it was after? the early 2000s, like 2000, 2001, okay. something like that. So it was, it was fairly soon after then. Yeah, like what, the original five ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Something I was like I was wondering because uh, there is the trend uh, in uh, anime in the in the industry of uh, first going from manga to anime and then they do radio drama <laughs> before maybe doing live action because uh, a lot or no actually sometimes the process is reversed and it's a radio drama before it's an anime. Um, which is interesting, but uh, several uh, anime uh, have been made into radio dramas, and then when people get really into that, they're like, okay, just put the faces to it as well. And I think that's what happened with uh, Oran High School Host Club. <gasps> uh, yeah. Uh, I saw yeah. the live-action version of that one, too. That's terrible. Uh, I felt like it wasn't as bad as some of the others I've seen, though. I, I can agree to that. I turned it off when... Tamaki, I think it was Tamaki, his heart was beating so hard, they animated it beating out of his chest. And his and all I could see, all I could see, I, I just looked past the 3D and I just saw a Japanese man writhing on a couch. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, this poor guy. <laughs> this poor guy. Oh my gosh. It makes me wonder though, is the, because we're like, oh my gosh, this is so campy and uh, incredible, is that because... Like, we're in a very Western view of how we see, like, how live action things are meant to be portrayed. Because, like, off the top of my head, I can't really think about a live action show that achieves, like, that level of, like, physical comedy that anime tries to do. And then translating that again into what live action versions of anime tries to do. Well... It should translate fairly well for a lot of like the slice of life genres. And, yeah. Like, even yeah. Even high school host club should have been freaking amazing because it's not like they have like huge action scenes or anything. Right. So and the costumes aren't crazy either. So it's it's very weird that a lot of the anime comedies aren't really good because it's not like you require a lot of budget or even you just kind of need over the top acting. And I understand stuff that's like action packed and. Like, I don't know, any of the Shonen series that are terrible, but a lot of the stuff, it's just, I feel like they know they have a name, so they don't have to try. Oh, that's that's true, too, because someone's going to wind up watching it yeah. because it's there, because it's there. And I think that was what happened with Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, my goodness. So Dragon Ball Evolution is interesting because uh, it's an American-made film. That they first released in Japan. Um, so it first opened uh, in Japan, and it it didn't do so well. It's considered a fail on all fronts, financially, everything else. It did okay in America at first because I, we all. I feel like we all went to the theaters. That I didn't. I, I protested I, it. No. Yeah. Well, I was excited at the time. Um, And it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, at a few uh, theaters, like, a a limited release. Um, And so this movie, this movie, Dragon Ball Evolution. So it's about Goku. He's played by this guy named Justin. (laughs) If that tells you anything. (laughs) It's, like, 
played by this guy named Justin. <laughs> um, his dad, Gohan, dies mm-hmm. because of a Piccolo-related incident. <laughs> um, and then he has to go find Master Roshi, and he finds Bulma along the way, and Yamcha, and he has a crush on Chi-Chi, and, like, it's just kind of like throwing the names that we're familiar with at us, but but not really representing them as the people we're expecting them to be. Yeah, because that's like, Goku having a crush on Chi-Chi, that's not at all what happens in the show. So no, like... it was like, uh, like it's literally, he's like a high school student, and martial artist <laughs> Goku, played by Justin <laughs> Chatwin, is given the four-star <laughs> Dragon Ball by his grandfather, Grandpa Gohan. Oh, it's not even his dad, it's his grandpa, Grandpa Gohan. What? Returning home from a party hosted by his crush, Chi-Chi, Goku oh. finds his home destroyed and his grandfather near death after Piccolo's failed attempt to attra- acquire the Dragon Ball. It kind of sounds like Karate Kid with magic. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's it's pretty... So, the reviews that when it first came out, people were like, no, this isn't, <laughs> no. This, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't uh, what Dragon Ball is supposed to be. It was just a very straightforward, hey, you know about Dragon Ball and all those guys, right? Well, here they are in a brand new adventure. But it was, uh, quote unquote, uh, executed with little panache or invention, Dragon Ball Evolution lacks the magic that made the books upon which it was based a cult sensation. My response is, what did you expect? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, it's, okay, animation is a formalist medium, therefore anything can happen, and then when you try to make it live action, it's going, even with the best director, it's going to look campy. Because mm-hmm. the worlds are so exaggerated, I mean, you've got guys in Dragon Ball going, ah, we'll fight 10 episodes later. <laughs> so, like, what are you, what, what, who, what is the director supposed to do yeah. with that? I think, I think what they're supposed to do is run with it. Yeah. But in this case, they tried to make it more serious. They were like, no, the, it's very serious that, you know, Grandpa Gohan died and uh, we're trying to find Master Roshi and Bulma's not being helpful, but she is studying the <laughs> Dragon Ball and da, 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 da. Anyway, but uh, I, they, they just tried to make it like kind of a more serious action movie and it didn't really work. And it's interesting to me because like Akira Toriyama has outright said that no one listened to him. Oh. Like he was like, so I said things in production and they they did not listen to me or my suggestions and the final version was not on par with the original Dragon Ball series. Um and felt that the result was a movie he couldn't even call Dragon Ball. That's amazing. And like <laughs> poor guy. Since then he has said like how much it ticks him off. Yeah, like understandably. When you fail uh uh intellectual property that hard that the creator is like no, I don't want to. Out of this house. I want to get out of this house. Get out of my sight. Never talk to me or my son again. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, when I look at them, like, they're, like, super Saiyan form. All I think of is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. And I know Dragon Ball came first and all that. But, I mean, this iteration looks so bad that I think of freaking Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> super Sonic. That's not good. America, why? America, why is the general question when it comes to... 
movies that are either based on anime thus far or movies based on video games, I feel oh, like, which yeah. I want to have a whole podcast. Uh, it might not be on this one, but uh, about video game movies and yes. how they they just don't happen well at <clears> all. Silent Hill. Cough, cough. Uh, but, yes, Courtney. Can I just throw that line out from the Attack on Titan live action Oh, my movie? gosh. Let's Please. talk about that. <laughs> Aaron, I want you to be the father of my children. Mikasa. Why? <laughs> no, that wasn't even Mikasa. That Wait, was just, really? that was like some random, Mikasa's gone for like two thirds of the movie. It, it was like some, I don't even remember her name. It's like, they were like in a cave and she'd gotten like, I don't even think she got one line. Really? Like all you saw was her kid getting taken away from her. And then the next time you see her, she's like, my kid got taken away from me. And then it flashes back to when the kid got taken away. And he's and Aaron's like, oh, that really sucks. And then she's like inching closer towards him. And she's like, will you be the father of my kids, Aaron? <laughs> and she like throws herself at him. She's making out with him. He's like touching her chest. It's really weird. And he's and like really freaked out the whole time. He's like, you know, got the like really <laughs> disturbed face that Emily has on her face and then, currently. Yes. And then a titan comes and grabs her and eats her. So does this just happen with like no explanation? And there was a couple having sex right next to them okay so this anecdote prefaces the live action make of attack on titan which was also featured in like i don't remember if it was toyota commercials yes. it was toyota commercials <laughs> we saw titans running around and the you know the truck was running away from the titans so that just shows how this this came to be and people got hyped for it people definitely got hyped for it and then they watched it, and then well, the hype was gone. How could you get hype for it? Because the main, I okay. Here's here's something we've brought up with the other adaptations. It's like, oh, they're showing like, you know, Japanese culture. You know, by keeping them look like Japanese traditionally. Um, but w- they're not Japanese. In Attack on the only Japanese person is Mikasa because and she's a, like, that's and that's a plot point. She's like, isn't it? They're all German in the anime. Yeah, but in the live-action version, they're all Japanese. And so, like, Mikasa's just, like... Nothing. And then it doesn't make sense because, you know, they all have German names, but then she has a Japanese name, and and it's just... And it's like... uh, What? What? And so they don't have any of that backstory of Mikasa becoming awesome and like defending herself and becoming like stone cold and all that i don't have any of that yeah, instead instead she starts out as aaron's girlfriend she starts out as that and then she gets she she try she goes back to like save a baby or something because oh you know God. she's a female she's got to save the baby save those babies uh, aaron can't save the baby she's got to save it she goes back to save a baby and in, the, in this crowd and when aaron looks around she's gone and you know so what uh, she's like oh my god my girlfriend's dead and like that's like two thirds of the movie. My girlfriend's dead. Well, she comes back, like three, you know, two or two thirds of the way in. And um, first of all, she's now the girlfriend of Discount Levi because you know they didn't Discount have actual Levi. Discount Levi. And what had happened to her that day? She'd gotten taken by a titan, but she wasn't eaten. They just kind of nibbled on her a little bit. She's got a scar on her on her side. It's this big scar, but you know they didn't eat her. They just you know they just She's took fine. a bite and threw her back. Teething. <laughs> yeah, and um, so now she's with Levi, and it is 
just as awkward. As, okay, you know, his name isn't Levi, but it's Levi. Just count and, Levi. And it's just as awkward as it sounds. He, like, feeds her an apple. It's really what? weird. It's really, really weird. <laughs> None of that was in the anime, and I hate it. I hate it so much. And they're all just shells of what they used to be. Like, Sasha, you know? Yeah. All she is is just a girl who eats potatoes. All that I, <laughs> like, I know she made the meme and everything, but... She did a little bit more than eat potatoes in the oh, anime. Just a little <laughs> bit. And I think the only time you see her, she didn't even eat a real potato, by the way. It was just mashed potatoes. And, That's okay. several real potatoes, though. And and um, they had the, I can't remember her name, the lady who, like, was uh, captured the Titans and tied them up and Glasses tested. Lady. Yeah, her. They had her, but she was just crazy. She was like, I mean, all she did was scream oh. and just the whole time. And she hadn't, we, we hadn't even gotten to that point in the show where she tied them up. She was just there and she oh was just god. like screaming. Oh my god. A lot. Oh, and um, uh, Armin's grandparents died or parents or something. Like they were running, you know, when the Titans came and they... They all just kind of look up, and then Aaron's like, oh, those are Armin's parents. <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> I don't think Armin's uh, parents or anything were much of a no. point that they thought. So... And Armin's barely even in it, to be honest. I, just, I was wondering. Cause... I don't get it. I do not. I don't get it. <laughs> they could have done whatever they wanted, and all the fans would have flocked to it. I mean, I turned it off after, like, the first ten minutes, so I have no idea what happened past, like, seeing the environment and hearing the characters and I was just like nope this is not okay right. that's the thing that's the question I have then because it obviously is kind of like one of those movies that you expect to have a huge budget because you have to make the titans you have to make the walls the you have so to make bad. the whole the were so world so it was it was just that bad it was if anyone tries to tell me that 3d animation is better than 2d animation I'll be like Look at the flying scenes in 2D Attack on Titan. Look at the flying scenes in 3D Attack on Titan. Then get back to me. That's interesting because the Attack on Titan game uh, has yeah. come out and it looks fantastic. Yep. And the the movie doesn't. And didn't they? I mean, like you said, Daily, like the endorsement by like Toyota or whatever that should have gotten them a ton mm. of money. So what? happened where, here. where i wonder what was the budget and where did the budget go i'm gonna google the budget but uh so the titans themselves then how how were they they were they ranged from fine to what like to what i think the main final titan was I could be wrong here because it's it's been a few months since I've seen the movie, but I think sometimes it was 3D animated and other times they had insert shots of it where it was like a guy in a mask or something. Are you or like me? maybe not a guy in a mask, but like an actual figure of it. And it would just be like shots in it from so like it they'd show the the people like you know zooming all around it and trying to you know kill it and then they'd have like the shot of its head and it'd just be like whoa that's that's totally out of place and then it would go back to them and all the action and then it'd go back to the face and it'd be like stop that looks terrible but it wasn't like motion capture it was just like a model I I I think so I it's been a while though so I don't. 
I don't know. And by that point in the movie, by the time they were fighting the final boss, I was like, kill me now. <laughs> kill me now. I don't want to watch this anymore. That's a great so sign. It had a $28 million budget, both part where one and part it, two of the films where put did together. It go? Um, in the U.S., it made $46 million. How? Fans. You don't, you don't, it could be the worst movie of all time, but if it's called Attack on Titan, you're going to go see it. I mean, we, we buy all the cheap merch and... Yep. All those t-shirts. There, there it is. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems like it was filmed pretty quickly. Uh, there was, they, they changed, uh, directors and writers at one point, too. Oh, they'll do um, it. In, in the middle of it. So... They kind of focused a lot on just doing angles instead of, like, actually making giant things. Huh? Like perspective shots? Like a lot of, yeah, yeah. It it specifically says that in the Wikipedia. That's a cop-out. A little bit. Um, It it released, and it got a lot of money from it. It it made one point... uh, or $5.1 million in Japan in the opening weekend. So that's considerable. But then uh, we have this quote, one of the most perversely original fantasy movies in recent memory. Uh. This adaptation of a Japanese manga series is a schizophrenic <laughs> mix of genres. Looks like someone was paid to write but, a movie. Uh, yeah. And then we have outstanding and immersive aesthetic, uh. unlike any other horror movie, swiftly paced and gripping start to finish. Sharp that scri- pains me. Sharp script with heavy sharp thematic script? undertones holds what? up completely as its own work of art divorced from the source material. Aaron, I want you to be the father of my child. But then, so that was, that was an I'd Eastern. I'd just like to remind uh, you that that was actually in the script. That was an Eastern review. And then we have the Western mm-hmm. review from the Kotaku that says, uh, the first Attack on Titan movie stinks. A visually, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that makes sense. The Eastern A reviews. trash horror fantasy that's a big budget B picture. I have, um, or I, I, I uh, know these um, two Japanese girls who uh, I think they graduated already, but... Um, they spent the summer in Japan last year, and when they were telling me about it, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what'd you do? And they're like, you know, we got to see Attack on Titan in Japan when it came out. And I was like, yeah, how was it? And they were like, it was terrible. It was and, terrible. And I was like, really? Like, what was, what was so bad about it? And they just started talking about it, and then they were like, Japanese people can't act. They should stick to voice acting. <laughs> I was Damn. like, girls, whoa. Damn. <laughs> wow. Wow, straight up. I don't have. I don't. I. I. I don't have. I mean, I. I've never. I don't have any opinion of that myself. But those come from two people who are Japanese and yeah. did Japan for no. a while. Yeah, this Jeez. this whole conversation has gotten me wondering about uh, how we perceive live action film uh, in Japan, and then how we perceive it in America. We and don't perceive it as well here either. Remember the last Airbender adaptation? That's true. That was a lot. There was a lot wrong with that, though, in general. Yeah. Uh, cough, cough, M. Night, Shamalama, ding dong. Um, <laughs> should never direct again. No, and he wants to make the second one. He's like, I'm, we're going to do it. How he We're going to do it. And everyone's like, don't my do it. My face hurts. I'm frowning so hard. That's my favorite cartoon. Please, M. Night Shyamalan, if you happen to be here right now, for some reason, <laughs> stop. Ong, we have to oh, get to the Soka. South Pole. Soka. <laughs> Soka. 
<laughs> no. I was in a movie theater when that came out, and it was only three of us and, you know, my friends. So we got to yell at the screen, and we were throwing popcorn. That's wonderful. And we got escorted out. That's, you, you. <laughs> so, yeah. You got my dad some... said he loved that movie. I'm Your dad would. Kidding. Your dad would say that. Uh, Just I tried to show him the cartoon, but he would not have any of it. Oh. He loved the li- He loved the movie. That's that's sad. <laughs> that's in my blood. <laughs> that's Gosh, a part of oh me. My, that's a part of you. <laughs> part of you was like, "This is a great movie. I'll see it again." <laughs> you have to fight that every day. <laughs> <laughs> fight it. Fight it, Courtney. But uh, okay, so kind of to give uh, perspective here, we've talked about a lot of things that. Didn't do well, both critically and just as they exist, (laughs) do not do well as they continue to perpetuate in the world. Uh, We don't like them. But, okay, so have either of you watched uh, Ruronin Kenshin, the anime? No. Or read the manga? No. Mm -mm. Have you watched the live action films? Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) No. Well, I have, and... I this is something that uh, I was hugely pleased with, outside of being a fan, because uh, so Rionin Kenshin, Rionin Kenshin. I always say it like I did when I was like seven when I first watched <laughs> uh, the series, and I was like, I don't know how to say Rioni, uh Macaroni Kenshin. It's a Meiji period piece, so the entire setting is just rural Japan. It's not rural Japan, rather. It's Tokyo when Tokyo was like. <laughs> what we equate yeah it was medieval tokyo basically um and it's uh this uh samurai who walks away from being a samurai and having been an assassin in a recent war and uh kind of has to like disguise himself to get away from his like really bloody reputation and he's a really good guy so he's like helping people out but uh, it's kind of people trying to pull him back into that world while he's, like, trying to be like, no, I just want to help out this uh, girl with her father's dojo that she inherited. And, you know, because she's a girl, she's not doing too well with it. Not that she's not a strong character. It's because of the world around her. Anyway, great series. And I think it translates really well into film because it's, like, one of those period pieces. Mm-hmm. And even the action... Uh, it's very action-oriented, but it's achievable because it's sword fights. Right. It's martial arts. Well, it's something like, that we've seen on screen before. Sounds like Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it That's definitely mimics that. Too. Yeah, it's it definitely mirrors that, and it works really well. And it uh, had a twenty million dollar budget, hmm. even though it didn't have giant titans in it, unlike the twenty eight million dollar Titan movie. And, That's for two uh, movies, though, granted. This is three movies. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> well, no, each individual movie had $20 million, but uh, it was a trilogy. Um, and uh, it made $61.7 million. So mm. it was it did a little better. But overall, I think it's just, it, it worked so much better. And I don't know if that's because the original, like, anime and manga weren't, like, super anime like there was very rare use of sweat drops <laughs> uh, most of they they had <laughs> very, the very few sweat <laughs> <drops>. very few <laughs> very few anger veins yeah uh there was like that one 
uh, fillery episode where they go to the hot spring naturally as you uh, must. Always. It's not an anime always. if there's not a beach or pool or baseball mm. episode. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. No, but. Um, and the roof. And yeah, the roof. I don't, it, it just worked really well. And uh, I haven't found a movie since that has worked that well. I thought that maybe it's because it was so prolific and like time-honored kind of anime. And yet we have, I don't think that's true because we have Kiki's Delivery Service was turned into a live action movie. Really? It was? <sighs> when? Yeah. Uh, this was 2014, actually. Really? It's recent. Um I have not even heard of it. Ghibli film. It was directed by the director of The Grudge. Why? It wasn't like a excellent question. Uh, It kind of turned into uh, no one could relate to Kiki because she was just very, very shy and cried a lot. There was none of the moments of her being like, yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, Gigi looked great. Gigi was an animated cat, a 3D animated cat. Looked great. It was fine. The flying effects were terrible. <laughs> um, and uh, Tombo was a jerk. Like, just this huge jerk so constantly. Boo. They just didn't give any of the characters their character for some reason? Yes. And hey. also the plot culminates around... Kiki flying a baby hippo across a stormy ocean. What? No. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it makes sense somehow. Yes. Someone okay. Uh, anyway, it it was it was panned. It was horrible. Um, and I think that just I I'm gonna put this out there now and forever. Let's never make a live action remake of a Ghibli film. They oh. are in their purest form right now. Oh, you now. know it's going to happen. I know Spirited it's going to happen. Probably. Like, as yeah, I say. Yeah. Oh, you know that's going to... Oh, no. That makes me so sad. Oh, live action Ponyo guy. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> no, Princess Mononoke. They got the giant wolves. Leave they could do alone. that super well. Uh, uh, they can just borrow them from Twilight. <laughs> Stop it, guys. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> no. But... So, in the culmination of this podcast, I feel like we can all agree then that uh, the anime is the purest form of anime? the the medium. <laughs> like sometimes the manga is better, but we have generally said mostly just negative things about live action makes, and I'm I'm struggling to find something contrary to say to that. Anime itself can take Western things and. Adapt it just fine. Uh, yeah, Powerpuff Girls Z. Well, not that one. I'm <laughs> okay. thinking like I'm thinking like uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, Don Cattuo. I love that adaption. They also tackle like books, like Dracula and stuff, to make really interesting feature films. So I think animation itself is just more malleable than live action. Yeah, I mean it's literally you can do what you want versus live action where. You can do what you want now with the power of effects, but with the Supposedly. suspension. But should you? But should yeah. you? The suspension of disbelief just isn't there. Like hearts beating out of people's chests <laughs> is just a Japanese man writhing on a couch. <laughs> ten out of ten. I love that line, Courtney. <laughs> it's true, though. Look it up. Oh I'm my serious. gosh! Beautiful. But um, so this has been a very. Uh, this has been the live recording of the Anime A-Team podcast Stop. featuring uh, myself, your host, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today was the absolutely disgusted with me, Courtney Tuckman. 
and the uh, one who looks slightly disturbed by uh, all the talk about uh, Titans and Aaron Bear My Children. Emily Rubin. Thank you guys for enduring this with me. Um, You can listen to all our other podcasts here on our SoundCloud and our iTunes at Ball State Daily. Um, You can check us out on our site, bitebsu.com, and you can join us here again uh, next time where we will talk about something slightly less uh, cringe-inducing.